0: Walk it, walk it like I'm talking. It. Walk it like I'm talking. It. Talk it, walk it like I'm talking. Walk it like I'm talking. Walk, like talk walk it, walk it like I'm talking. Yeah. Take my shoes and walk them out something that you can't do. Big tops of the town, big boy game moves. Game moves. Round with my chain looks. Chain, chain. They just bought a new ass but got the same booze. Same booze. Whipping them dope for scientists. Whipping it up, cook it up, cook it up, screw it up. That's my sauce where you find it. That's my sauce. Woo! I had no pick no minding. Yes, we are. Uh, we at this thing on a Tuesday. Saints and Sinners, baby. Saints and Sinners podcast, baby. I know you got that date for everybody.
1: Oh, you already know. You already know I know that it is August 4 2020. Let's get the fuck through this year.
0: <laughs> That's right. Oh man,
1: what a year it's been. Uh nah, <laughs> what man. That's let we just mildly fast pissed.
0: forward through it? Whew. Man, so where do we begin? Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Huge win last night for the Pelicans. Uh, We're going to discuss that. Got a little bit of Saints talk. Major League Baseball continues to deal with uh, the coronavirus. Some key players now have opted out after the season. You know, it was obviously about nine or ten games underway for most teams. Um, Yeah, man, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. But, uh you know, we, we set on some uh, Tuesday shows. We're going to talk a little bit about financial stuff, man. Ways to make some extra money with the stock market uh, yeah, investing right now. Tech stocks are, are kicking money ass. Um, you, you down with those tech stocks see, or what? Oh man, I'm
1: down with at least one of them. I'm, I'm a novice to the, to the investing game. I'm still learning some things, but, um, I got a couple of shares of Netflix. Um, I saw it go from 4.91 to about 5.10, so that's about what about uh, 40 bucks I made on it in uh, just a couple weeks, just letting it sit there. And you know, it's it's got some big things going with it. I mean, you could tell the people more about it since that's your specialty.
0: Hey man, I, I'll say this. I mean, there there's different sites out there like ETrade, obviously. Um, there's you know uh, Robinhood Stash, which allows you to buy shares of a share, like a portion of a share, like. Let's be real. Most people aren't just gonna sit there and drop thirty-three hundred dollars on a share of Amazon stock. I mean, although it's gonna it can make a shit ton of money for you, that's an unreasonable number for most people in this world. But you can buy a fraction of the you know the stock and still make the money off of it as it goes up. I mean, like Jeff Bezos right now.
1: Let's be real. This dude's
0: making money moves all over the place. They just uh, they got into Sweden now. They're getting to even more countries. Um, you know, we think that they're everywhere, but they're not quite there yet, which gives them more room for growth. Uh, they bought a delivery service in the UK uh-huh. called Deliveroo. I believe yeah. it's called. Yeah. I mean, they like, well, they, they own a minority share they're like 16%. But still, dude, they, they make money on top of money. I mean, even if you invest 10% of a share, dude, you can make, you know, a couple hundred bucks here and there for pressing a few buttons, I man. I'm not saying to go buy this shit and you know ruin your life. Savings on it, but sometimes rather than a savings account, man, throwing a few dollars into the stock market and keep an eye on it with an app every day, you know, you can make a few bucks on it, dude. I mean, it's but like, like you said, Netflix is a pretty good bet. Facebook, dude, keeps slaying their earnings every quarter. So, I mean, dude, we can we're gonna start doing a little podcast, uh, that's gonna go into some maybe further detail with that. But I mean, dude, definitely, y'all, keep an eye on that market, man. I mean, you don't have to be a, a billionaire. To fool with the stock market, you know, and with these new sites like Robinhood and Stash, I mean, you can get an app, do everything from your phone, buy a share, you know, a portion of a share, whatever you want to do it, and just accrue it over time and make some serious extra cash. I mean, just a thought, man. I mean, everybody in this day and age got to find a way to get to that next level, you know, and that, that could be a part of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm totally down with it, man. That's that's one way that you can make passive money, you know, there's not a lot of ways for a layman or just your average man or woman to make passive money, you know, yeah. investing money, money that you don't have to work, you know, 40 hours a week to get. So, yeah, you know, do hey, I mean, you know, research, you can make some money out here. Hey, I'll
0: tell you, man, if you really look into some weird stuff, we would my eyes years ago. It was like, I mean, I read these articles about people that invested in Netflix, like, Within the first two years, it was publicly offered as a stock. And, you know, if they bought, say, $1,000 worth of shares at that time, what these guys are making today, you know, many years later, is unreal, man. I mean, sometimes it's a sit-and-hold thing, you know I mean? We always joke back in the day, somebody's grandma or whatever, give them a savings bond that'll be worth, like, twice as much 10 years later. But, no, man, these stocks, dude, like, you hear these stories about Netflix. Like you said, somebody invested $1,000 in Netflix when it first came out. Could be looking at six figures almost now or perhaps more. You know, I mean it's just I don't know, man. It's something to look at, yeah. man. But but you that's know my biggest about the bullshit.
1: And that's my biggest thing is to buy you know, you need to get into Netflix, Amazon, um, the big ones before they before they skyrocket. And when they skyrocket, yeah. that's 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 disposable income and, and retirement funds yeah. that go to your bank account. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, I mean, let's be real, dude, Facebook advertising is everywhere. We all got Netflix. I mean, dude, cable, I mean, dude, I, I cut the cord a while back, you know, earlier this year. I don't miss cable at all. I mean, you know, wife, the kids, they don't give a shit. They play video games, watch Netflix, watch Hulu. I mean, dude, people paying $120, $150 a month for cable. I mean, I've had a pretty decent rate myself, but, dude, there's so many channels you don't even watch. I mean, dude, Hulu and Netflix, if you can't find between that and Fire man, you can't. Find well, something to watch there, man. You got some fucking personal issues or something, man. But, look, dude, let's get to some sports. Uh, Carlos, big, big win last night. Um, you know, we kind of felt, you know, we talked about our tailgate504.com, the website. That was a must-win game after that shit, you know, shit show that we saw against the Clippers where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard outscored the entire starting five of the Pelicans that night. It was terrible. Uh, they were outclassed from the beginning to end. They just didn't match up well, whatever you want to call it. But, do you want to, to have wins in a row, all by double digits. They did a great job with John Moran. Zion and Brandon Ingram, is that the dynamic? Are we seeing the future right there? Those two guys closing out the fourth quarter. That, to me, has got to be the blueprint. I mean, what do you think, man? What did you see I mean, I'm that? not the
1: first one to say it, but, you know, I think they definitely have, uh, you know, the cornerstones of the team. Uh, I, I still wonder if. Long term, there's a place for Drew Holiday. I, I, wonder if he may be a trade chip with somebody to get a big man that could hit three. Uh Miles Turner has been floated around. I mean, he, he, I think he would, he would make a great fit for that team. Um Right. His the,
0: brother's already there. Too.
1: Or, uh, or even Sabonis, uh, Arvidas Sabonis, son uh, Damantas Sabonis. Yeah. Uh, I think would be a great fit for the Pelicans yeah. because I think they really need at least one more spacer. If they could get spacing from a big man that can also, you know, play a little defense, I think that will go a long way towards solving a lot of this team's problems because I think we still saw some of their issues stopping people in the paint. Uh, uh, it seemed like the uh, the big man got shots at will. I mean, the same I uh, do a great job of locking down the perimeter guys. Um, you know, they got some really good uh, perimeter defenders with uh, Holiday – and uh, ball, but it just seems yeah. like when it goes in the paint, uh, favors, he he gives good effort, but he's just a little bit undersized. He's uh, I mean, deployed as a third big, I, I, yeah, I think, that, I think that's one of the big things they're lacking. And uh, we've already talked yeah, I mean, Jackson, Hayes, down the stretch.
0: I think Hayes could definitely be that guy, but you definitely you can tell he's still adjusting to the game speed, he's still got to find himself. I don't think he's getting any favors from the refs right now, you know, he's green. He's a you know 19 year old kid. I mean, he's gonna get there. I think. I think Jackson Hayes gets a little more muscle, um, gets a little more experience under his belt. I would love to see a different, like another defender, like another six seven to six ten guy that can defend. That's energy, you know, uh, based on energy and defense, you know, kind of along the lines of like a, uh, you know, maybe a Bisbing Beyond, where nobody's like out ordinary, you know what I'm saying? But somebody along knows, you know, like a, a Dang, you know, Giorgio Dang or something like that. Um, I, man, I, I would hate to ever give up Drew Holiday. I mean, I get what you're saying about the trade chip. I mean, to me, Holiday was a huge factor yesterday. I mean, obviously we're looking at VI and you know Zion, uh, but Holiday to me, his defense on John Morant was huge. I mean, they didn't own John Morant to shit. I mean, the guy who's going to win Rookie of the Year was five of 21 for 11 points. Um, the guy for me with Memphis that we had a problem with was Jaron Jackson Jr. Man, he—I'll tell you—that was the best I've seen him play for me personally watching him. Um, he's a very skilled big man who, man, he looks like he's starting to figure it out offensively. Still has some other spots to tighten up in his game. I know our good friend Pat Riley was really high from what he saw. And I mean, uh, I know he mentioned, he made a comment on Facebook at one point that he's the best power forward in this game. And I'm not going to go that far. I still, I think Zion's the truth. Um, Zion's obviously 21 games in or whatever it is at this point, 22 games in. Uh, Jackson has a full year over him. But jackson was pretty impressive man i mean did you like what you saw he had the outside game going he looked very comfortable in the post he looked a lot more mature than what i've seen the last you know two years since he got here i
1: mean a guy has as much talent as anybody a guy that can you know work inside as a as a his a pretty decent sized body you know won't get bullied around for such a young player but could also right. have a shot um which you know, it's is something that help out a lot of teams as far as spacing goes um, when you want to get your um, your guards and, and forwards and, and wing players, you know, slash into the basket, having that guy, yeah. having that, that big man that can that can kind of just float out there and and, and make threes. And and, and he, he just causes havoc um, yeah. for the defense, because, you know, who, who do you guard that guy with? You want to put a smaller guy that gets you over the top of? Or do you want to get yeah. a center out of water and have him all the way at the three-point line and, you know, there's no backline defense? It, it really – want to have that guy.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I definitely want to get um, – there's something else, I wanna, you know, with, with Jackson and uh, Morant. Obviously, that's the future there. I mean, I want to talk about some duos within that division uh, maybe here in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, dude, Jackson, yeah, very impressive last night. Um, You know, I think some big things that happened in the second half of that game, obviously Zion playing 25 minutes. I mean, I know, I listen to WWL, you know, they're trying to do their basketball thing. But I got all respect to the world with some of those guys there, but they've got to be better at their basketball coverage. I'm going to call them out. They've got to be. Um, You know, it just seems like they they go through the motions in terms of basketball. But the things that weren't said, I'm listening to the shows today. I didn't hear anything about Josh Hart. I mean, I heard a little bit about Josh Hart. But... To me, that off-balance three that he hit with the shot clock winding down was one of the three biggest plays of that game. He had 15.7 rebounds. We saw the hustle. He got busted open by a plexiglass. I mean, that dude's a warrior. I mean, you knew him as a Lakers fan um, early on, but to me, Holiday's defense on Morant, Josh Hart, um, Valanciunas falling out was big as well down the stretch. I mean, that took a lot of their rebounding mm-hmm. away. He was a little bit of a force underneath at times, too. I mean, but that was a huge not,
1: occurrence. And let's not get it twisted. Those two big threes by Ingram, him finally stepping up in, in, in the last couple minutes and hitting two threes to put the game out of reach. That's what this Pelicans team is going to need uh, going. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if he can hit that shot and guys have to try, have to guard him out by the three point right. line, then just imagine um, Zion rolling to the rim uh, unimpeded.
0: Right. And Zion showed the passing not, of the not really play, people uh, on making shows either. Zion's passing skills were on full display early in the fourth quarter. He made three beautiful passes within a span of about five minutes. Um, a great bounce pass to Reddick on that back door. I mean, he was really money with his passing, and we've heard about that coming into the league from Duke. Zion is you know, he's got a little bit of Ben Simmons in him. You know, they have some definite similarities despite their differences. Um but, dude, I'm with you on that. Brandon and Ingram, that's the dynamic. I always talk about dynamic, man. We
1: got Brandon Ingram, man.
0: basketball, Zion in the post. That has to be the dynamic. I don't want to see – I mean, other guys are going to get shots at times, but to me, the way Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Kobe, Shaq, whoever, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, the dynamic is the ball has to touch those guys' hands more than anybody else in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, look, JJ can hit a shot. Drew can hit a shot. Lonzo, whoever. But they should have the majority of the opportunities. Kind of those guys, he gets to the line like nobody's the majority, business.
1: The majority of those guys you just mentioned need the shot created for them. Um, they're they're the guys that need to be spacing Lonzo and and uh, and yeah. Jay, you know, Those are the ones that are supposed to be spacing so that you could have uh, Ingram work in the in the mid post, so you can have you know him doing his thing right. from the three point line. Those guys are not supposed to have the ball, um, you know, in a creative right. way. They're supposed to finish the play. If the double team comes to, to Ingram, then he passes out and the ball gets swung around. For, so one of those guys can get a three. Um, right. Man, uh, we got to welcome a few people to the
0: stage. Come on in, man. Who we got? Gerard. What's up? What's going on? Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> wait, wait I can't hear you. you, I, I, thought you were, I, mean, I thought you had something else going on. I, I, could, I was waiting on you. <laughs> we got J-Rod in the house. J-Rod. J-Rod is the representative of St. Charles Parish. Um, yeah, man, Welcome I'm sure in. she's like ready for some football soon, man. We're going to be getting into that. Welcome here, Luis. What's up? What's going on? Welcome to the party. Um you know, man. I'll say this, dude. You saw though Zion. Look, you see the, the room that the defenders are giving him. You know they're backing off this guy at five or six feet. I think he's got the jump shot, man. You can see in his stroke now. He missed some free throws yesterday. Pelicans got to the line 39 times as opposed to Memphis getting to the line 15 times. So that's a good sign. But you know we weren't great. We I think we missed like I think we only shot like in a 60 percentile range. I think we we're like 62%, 63%. Zion had some key misses uh, in the second half, but I do like his stroke. I think he's got the shot. It's just going to take a little more you know, time and practice, but he, d- he doesn't have a broke shot to me. I think he's got a lot more of a cleaner release than Ben Simmons has. You know what I mean? Simmons is always a guy that deals with wow. the same thing. Defenders playing awful.
1: Simmons is one of the worst players in the league, so hopefully he's better right.
0: than Simmons. Well, I mean, no, but I mean that's in his game, and I, I think he's a much better shooter personally. I, I see a good release there, man. Um, I mean, but, said, oh, go
1: ahead, go ahead. he shoots better than the guy that's made like one three pointer in his career.
0: Well, no, no. Well, we seen Zion in the first game against San Antonio. A lot of people. I mean, that seems like a year ago, but that was back. You know what? Late January, early February. But he knocked down. This is not compared to
1: to a shitty shooter. He should be compared more in the middle.
0: I'm just saying, teams. You see, you heard it last night in the game, though. ESPN, you know, in the game, they covered it. They everybody wants to throw the Ben Simmons thing at Zion, say, you know, there's a lot of similarities. You know, they're big guys that can run almost like a point forward rule at times. Like we talked about, they're guys that can finish. You know, as good as anybody, They're, they're just great with the basketball, pure scorers. Um, can draw the fouls, you know, good, capable defenders and rebounders. But I think he's way ahead of Simmons as a shooter. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's Ben Simmons as a shooter, but he gets some of that treatment. You see guys backing off of him, forcing them, you know, saying, hey, okay, we're not going to let you bully us, even though he still gets to the free throw line that way or over somebody or, you know, do whatever he's got to do to score. I think if guys continue to play him back four or five feet like that, I think he could drain that J in the face. Not to mention what I'd love to see from Zion to me is when he's he's battling a post, I like to see guys on the three-point line, no doubt, but i love to see somebody come in and slash in the lane, maybe Drew, Brandon, whoever it is. When he's backing up guys and you see the entire defense put their focus on him, two or three defenders, you know, converge on him, Zion has the passing ability. You know, he's got the credentials there. He can find a guy cutting to the rim like a Brandon Ingram or and that can finish it with somebody. So, I mean, to me, I'd love Alvin Gentry to kind of factor that into offense somehow, like, hey, somebody, look, let's not have four guys sit at the three-point line when Zion backs down a double team. You know what I mean? Let's work these slashes in, in play. You know, let's let's set a couple cutters in. You know, let's work on that in practice so that, that can be a reality. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, man, I mean, you see it. The entire defense draws to him when he's got the basketball in the paint. I mean, you're seeing three guys converge almost every
1: time. He should definitely be the fulcrum of the offense when he has the ball in his hand. Uh, I think Absolutely. I think you make a good point there. Uh, one of the most underrated parts of his game is his passing. And I think yeah. uh, the team should expound on those abilities. And the yeah. more you allow him to be a primary playmaker, uh, the better this team can be in the long run.
0: Yeah, dude, I, I completely agree. I mean that's a big win, uh one Valvin death, excuse me. But that they, they got another big game coming up, dude. Thursday, daytime, twelve thirty. I mean, the NBA's not doing us any favors, man. I mean, we're glad to have it back. We love the restart, love having a sports back, but man, that's another big game. And Sacramento lost last night. That was another huge aspect of that win. Sacramento lost and San Antonio lost. And now Memphis is uh, I believe, winless so far in the bubble. So, I mean, dude, Pelicans just two games back in the loss column. Things have kind of opened up after looking kind of sour after the Clippers lost. We were really in a win mode, like must-win-now mode, and, I mean, they did. So, I mean, and, and look where we are. I mean, we're right to think of it again.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's up for grabs at this point. I mean, yeah. you know, the lost the game. I mean uh, – uh, the San Antonio lost a heartbreaker yesterday on a on last. Yeah, break. that's
0: what I heard. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I
1: mean, I mean, you got to watch out for uh, Portland. It seems like they're a different team with they in there. And they got out that yeah. there from uh, from Miami. He, that dude was uh, terrible.
0: Yeah. Portland's a little bit of a, you know, it's funny, man. Portland was just, in, you know, they, they were a team that got pretty deep last year, and it's easy to forget that, man. I mean, i tell you, when somebody mentioned that the other day, I almost forgot that that team got to, you know, deep in the conference uh, playoffs last year in the West. I mean, we, the, we think about Portland in the playoffs, we think about the Pelicans, you know, owning those guys a couple of years back, you know, but last year that team made a little bit of a run.
1: I mean – Uh, Lillard Lillard's a guy that can that's one of the best scorers in the league. Uh, The the game's close, he can he can win the game single handedly. Uh, I mean, McCollum's a proven 20 uh, points per game score, and uh, just uh, he he gives them a really good pick and roll guy that uh, that that they can work off of. Um, just you know, that's just a different team with him on it. I mean, that's a side of side is honestly. He's one of the worst players in the, in the NBA. He just, <laughs> he's, a he's a very lazy player.
0: player.
1: He's, he's not supposed, to, he's never where he's supposed to be at. He's a black no. hole. you throw the ball to him and you just back his guy, and he might score, he might not score, but nobody else is going to get involved. And he's he's a, yeah. he's a block hunter. He's a guy that, that hunts out block. Yeah. He has, he's, he's definitely a better fantasy, fantasy player, player
0: than he is a reality yeah, player. Yeah, he's definitely definitely a fantasy player.
1: Yeah, that's why, uh, historically, a lot of his teams either want to get rid of him or don't win games.
0: Well, look, man, Pelicans have a golden opportunity. Sacramento, I think it's a team they could beat. Um, you know, our old friend Buddy Heald's out there. Um, Aaron Fox, I mean, they have some young talent there, Bagley. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the Pels match up pretty well that game. I think the backcourt defense could be a big part. But, again, like I said, the Lions on Drew holiday. I don't think they have an answer for Zion or Brandon Ingram.
1: Uh, but I'll tell you,
0: that's a, another – I mean, every game's a must win. When you got, you know, five to go at this point. So they got to take care of business Thursday afternoon. Uh, real quick, I want to – before we talk a little Saints, MLB, man, um, you know, I'm loving it right now. Cubs are playing great. Uh, I'm a big Cubs fan. But, man, St. Louis Cardinals, rivalries. Uh, and they're big rivals in NL Central, uh, one of the best rivalries in baseball. St. Louis is without a ton of players testing positive right now, including future Hall of Fame catcher Yadier Molina but baseball, we've seen a couple big names opt out several games into their seasons. Um, Jonas Cespedes with the Mets, the outfielder, and Lorenzo Cain, the center fielder for the Brewers. Two big names, man, that decided to walk away from the season, man. Is it weird to you that these guys started, you know, six, seven games into the restart, or not the restart, excuse me, six or seven games into the 60-game MLB season? Is it weird to you that these guys decided to opt out now? What does that say? I mean, it's just a general fear of what's happening right now? Or, I mean, I, I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, what else could it possibly be? I mean, that's how legit this you know, virus is, man. I mean, where guys start and decide to just stop after all this preparation and hard work to get to this point.
1: Because they had a shitty plan and their shitty plan is <laughs> not allowing the season to go on. I mean, when you have games postponed, not because of terrible weather, you know, power outages, you're having right. having postponements because the virus has overtaking, you know, the quarters of the team and, and they can't A they can't feel the team and B uh they're not even sure that you know it's maybe further spread than, than they even know.
0: Well, that's the problem. You got these guys these guys are no type of bubble. I mean we saw the NBA how they reacted with Lewis Williams, you know, Lou Williams of the uh, the Clippers. But look at the MLB right now. They're saying that's what happened with the Marlins. These guys are going around, riding around town in Miami, in South Florida. You know, we all know about Miami. Even with COVID, it can still be a little bit of an adventurous space. I mean, there's no, there's no, um, you know, accountability after hours. I mean, NBA, these guys are in Disney. Adam Silver has the great plan. We talked about it in the last few podcasts. But baseball, I mean, these guys are roaming. They go to a new city. They're roaming around. They're still going in restaurants. Uh, a bar might be open at... 50 percent capacity in some cities that are in phase four you know what i mean so man i'll tell you how do you contain that you know what i'm saying these are mlb players that i understand it's the time of their life these guys in their mid to late 20s they're partying like rock stars even with covid but that's just the wrong approach for 2020. rob manford like you said should have kept this thing in the bubble areas maybe in arizona or florida and like we said the nfl luckily right now we're not hearing of any saints players testing positive and we hope that's the case, but you almost have to figure these these teams, man, Roger Goodell's not going to do it. You might see the, the wiser coaches start putting something like that into place, like Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, some of the great coaches who have the respect of their players who aren't going to tolerate that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? They might do their own type of bubble scenario. I mean, we've heard something like that with the yeah. Saints. So far, so good. And the positives, you know, nobody tested positive. But – do you think the teams are going to go to something like that if Roger Goodell won't
1: step up and show some guts? Uh, I I think the NFL is going to be very reactive, just like the uh, the Major League Baseball was. I think they got their head stuck in the sand, and they're just going they're going to go forward, uh, irregardless of what the facts will tell them that they should be doing. And they should have made yeah. this four months ago, because um, five months ago, honestly, because all of this you can see coming from a while away. I mean, it's been unfolded you know, every American and people around the world. So I don't know why uh, the NFL thought anything would be different because it's the NFL. Uh, I do yeah. that line of thinking. And now here we are a month from the season and there's still no comprehensive plan that, that anybody can tell me. I mean, you uh, have three or four stadiums are, are shut down and not allowed any fans. And I'm sure yeah. they follow, but, that's not the official stance of the NFL. So what what's uh you know, what's really here? Yeah. I mean, the fan the, the fans want answers, the, the players want answers and it they, they're in the fucking league. I mean, I just don't yeah. understand what the thought process on this whole thing was. You're talking about a multi billion dollar industry and yeah. they're run like uh I don't know, some I mean you wouldn't run you wouldn't run a a uh, hundred thousand dollar business like this. I mean,
0: no, fuck no. Roger Goodell displayed pure arrogance. I mean, it's just like you said. He's had five months to prepare for this shit. No plan in effect. It's like, oh, it's just gonna disappear. That's an arrogant approach. How do you, like you said, even if you're running a fucking uh, plumbing business, a, a small hardware store, anything, a fucking restaurant, you have to have some planning. I mean, you're making thirty million dollars a year as the head of the NFL. I mean, this is just piss poor. Uh, all over, you know what I'm saying? There's no doubt about it. This is a guy that went so hard in the Saints for the bounty shit. We, we, you know, we've seen this guy drop the ball on certain things, you know, player safety. You know, they want to sit there and talk about player safety down with the calls. But, and he's had the problems with the, the prescribed drugs. We hear a lot of ex-players saying those are the worst things that's ever happened to him. He will not look into medical marijuana. We've talked about that on countless pods. Um, this guy just continues to fuck up. I mean, I don't see how you can be that bad at your job and still run the show in the NFL. I mean, we're here in the league to lose billions because of the fan issue. I mean, I know TV's a big part. Marketing's a big part of it. But you don't have oh, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand 70,000 people in seats spending money at the game. I mean, we know it's according always 9 to- night to- in a fucking football game. What? They're losing all that revenue, man.
1: According to, uh, according to uh, Yahoo.com, they're going to lose – 5.5 billion would have uh from fans. Fucking, fucking
0: billion. You can feed a lot of fucking people right. with that amount of
1: money, man. But I'll tell $5 you.
0: Billion dollars.
1: But I'll tell you why they're going to play a season. They're going to push through this season because uh, they make about 12 billion from the TV deal.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You no, know, the TV is, don't get me wrong. I mean, look, baseball right now, I'm watching the Cubs play the Royals. There's there's ten people in Wrigley Field. They're paying there's people in the rooftops across the street paying three hundred dollars a ticket to sit on the rooftops on Waveland Avenue and Sheffield Avenue. But look, dude, like you said, the money, there's a ton of money in TV, obviously, but they're still losing a lot with fans not in the facility. But to me, look, dude, look, let's talk about this. With football right now, there's a lot of players entering, and just like baseball, basketball, whatever, guys entering the final years of their contract. You know, we've talked about it a lot since January, since, uh, you know, the surprising end of the same season in the wild card round. Alvin Kamara, man, going to the last year of his contract. What do you think, man? Do you think that they get this deal done or with all the COVID nonsense, you know, just the COVID world, the bullshit we're dealing with, I will not say nonsense, but the COVID shit that we're dealing with, do you think that they wait on Kamara's deal because of this? Or do you think that they go ahead and look at what Tennessee did with Derrick Henry, with Carolina, with Christian McCaffrey,
1: and give Camaro the payday. Honestly, I mean, to me, uh, something really. I mean, if anybody's equipped to handle it, I'll preface that uh, the Saints can because they have some of the one of the best uh, cap, you know, cap guys in the league with uh, Mickey Loomis. But uh, the team, if teams lose five point five billion in, uh, in in fan revenue, the salary cap's going down.
0: Absolutely, that's a good point to make. We don't NFL, hear
1: about that. You know, there's no two ways about it.
0: The NFL is not a, in a in a position
1: to lose money, and they're, they're always going to make it. And they're going to make it by by cutting the salary cap. So you may see about a twenty, somewhere between twenty and fifty million coming off that cap uh, to sign Alvin Kamara in this in this atmosphere. It could be dangerous. You may want to see what's going to happen to this cap before he gets a contract.
0: That's the thing, man. It's kind of a tough situation because, I mean, if Kamara goes off this year, you know, I mean, I will look at the rushing yards. I know there's a lot of fans, you know, certain guys we know. They know who they are. Who are more, You know, the Saints play, you know, we're not Sean sure Baton's offense is. It's not catered to a running back running for 1,400 yards. It's never going to be. Kamara is certainly capable of running for 1,200 yards annually. But let's say he has his big-ass year, hits his 1,000 yards, 75, 80 catches, looks like the guy – from the previous two years more so than the guy last year was a little banged up and not creating the big plays as much, not getting the end zone as much. But let's say he has his balls out here. He's in a position at that point to negotiate McCaffrey money, right? But now, and I'm, I'm not saying I have the answer. I know what you're saying. I agree. But then you look at the other side of the coin. Hey, what if we, you know, we got a little bit of slight leverage maybe given the circumstances. You know, do we go ahead for that reason alone? Maybe he came off the worst of his three seasons so far. The fact that COVID is around, and, and you know, for a guy to get that kind of guaranteed money up front, that's a great thing for him personally. You know, does he say shit? I'll take that three-year extension at you know forty million dollars right now. You know I what I'm saying?
1: Just the numbers, just the numbers may may fuck a lot of free agents coming up. Uh, Absolutely. Given the fact that teams, a lot of teams won't have money if the if the cap shrinks, but you know, thirty million dollars, a lot of teams are going to be capped out. And, yeah. and then you're talking about, you know, some of the some of the bad teams in the league that that, that are hoarding cap space. They're not hoarding it to, to sign a running back. They're just going to continue to be shitty.
0: You got a good point with that. The NFL's, you know, it's funny. We talked once ago about the NFL being in the best situation. But like you said, because of Goodell's fucked up management and everything else, and just the fact that COVID hasn't gone away. The NFL's in a weird position now because, I mean, let's be real. The NBA, I know they lost some money, obviously, you know. I mean, they had 18 games left. They had to restart with 22 of the 30 teams playing eight games. But remember, they still had the majority of their season played, you know what I'm saying, in front of fans. Um, the NBA can always back their season. You know, it's an indoor game. They can kind of do whatever they want. They can start the NBA season on Christmas, which a lot of people talk about, maybe even in January or whatever. They have flexibility more than any sport. And I think that's always a part of what Adam Silver's done. But baseball as well. Now, baseball doesn't have a salary cap. Baseball's a little different the way they run. So it might not fuck things up in baseball as much. But like you said, this situation in the NFL, man, this could fuck a lot of teams for the next two or three years. I mean, we talk about not just the Camara thing. I mean, like you said, I think the Saints are in a great position still with the Kamara situation. But, you know, we talk always about Houston and Deshaun Watson, you know, a guy that could make in the neighborhood of what Mahomes is making. You know what I mean? um absolutely you know that's a that's a team that could be in some trouble you know what i'm saying if that cap shrinks 30 or 40 million dollars you know there's a lot of teams that could you know face similar issues
1: (laughs) speaking of uh making mahomes money the world champions could be pretty screwed after that contract to mahomes and they are already absolutely in a bad face cap wise
0: i mean he could be making more than a fourth of the cap you know what i'm saying he could be more He could be around 30% of their team cap space, dude. I mean, if that cap falls a little bit, you know, what they're projecting the possibility could be. Um, Yeah, dude, look, like you said, it's going to definitely, for a game when a salary cap is so crucial, an average fan might not get that, you know what I'm saying, unless you really study the cap and contracts, think like a GM. But I tell you, man, I think the NFL is in a dangerous place with that as far as, how teams are going to be managed, you know, as far as GMs and how they're going to make moves with their rosters. Like you said, I think baseball will get by because they don't have the cap. And the NBA had, you know, like you said, they, they played in front of fans most of the season and they can be flexible. Football, it would be very hard for football to back up two or three months because, man, you're talking about a lot of cities, man. You know, depending on what you, unless they work bubble situations, which we don't hear nothing about. But you talk about the Chicago's of the world, Green Bay. You can't start a fucking season in January, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? January, February, March, it's fucking cold out there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cleveland, New York. I mean, there's a lot of places that don't have indoor or retractable roof facilities. The, that the, the weather would simply fuck the NFL starting in the middle of winter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they don't have the flexibility like the NBA does.
1: And that just brings us back to our point that they should have been working on this five months ago.
0: And Absolutely.
1: That's it.
0: That's it man. That's, that's it. it. That's, all got, that's all we got time for. That's all we got time for, man. I'm with you, dude. Well hey man, I'll see you uh, like on like a- Thursday. It Thursday. Like Thursday. Walk it, walk it. Thursday we'll pick off the munchies segment. Okay Wooche.